All right. Hello, critical thinkers. Welcome to episode two of the Healthy and Awake podcast. Today, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, chat GPT, the positive, the negative implications, how it's affecting your health, how propaganda can basically, uh, chat GPT can be an extremely effective propaganda tool. So we're going to get into all that and more. All right. So much to talk about. This is episode two. I have to admit right off the bat, episode one, I was not feeling it. Uh, I'm definitely feeling more like myself today. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I have a tendency of over planning, over preparing. And so for this show, I have been really prepping for a long time. This isn't some spontaneous thing because I'm bored and I just like hearing myself talk. I do like hearing myself talk, but it's also uh, I have a mission. I want to make the world a healthier and more truthful place. And I'm going to do that with harsh truths, integrity, and saying some of the things that people don't want to say or are afraid to say. And that's a big part of what this platform is all about. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. And so my whole prep routine for episode one was my exercise, my cold shower, go on a walk, get some sun, do a sauna, all these different things, like extra attention to the food. And so as these things go with health, sometimes we can overdo it. And that's exactly what I did. And unlike how I'm doing now, where I'm kind of just talking about my thoughts, uh, I relied a little bit too heavily on my script. And so uh, I wasn't at my best, but we're going to do better today. I'm still feeling a little bit off, but last time I was at maybe 20%. This time I'm, I'm maybe like 60, 70%. So uh, we're, we're in a much better spot. But today I want to talk about artificial intelligence because it's extremely relevant. Everybody's talking about it. It's blowing up on the internet. Um, and I've been surprised. A lot of people still don't exactly know what chat GPT is, which is unfortunate because it can help a lot with health, productivity, uh, can make you smarter if you use it the right way. It's really the most incredible invention in our lifetime. It has to be. It's, it's like a Gutenberg revolution. And so I'm looking at my notes here. I have so much to say on this because I realize some of you maybe do know what it is and might even be sick of hearing about ChatGPT. Uh, that's a lot of people in my network. And then on the other hand, a lot of people have maybe heard of it, but they aren't using it. So what I want to offer today are practical ways that you can use it for your benefit, no matter who you are, uh, ways that people are not talking about because I've been obsessively using this thing. Uh, but not only that, some precautions that should be used when you're using ChatGPT, because it's a new technology, uh, it's information-based, and just like with the authority figures, if we're not careful and we are a little too trusting with this sort of technology, it can uh, potentially backfire. So with that in mind, there's a lot of big, really big positive and negative implications of ChatGPT. And even beyond that, because now there's the new one. Google just announced a new one, uh, and and there's going to be plenty. I mean, this whole year is going to be the year of artificial intelligence. Mark my words. But it is a type of Gutenberg revolution. 
It really is. Uh, or even a Google revolution, right? When Google first hit the internet, that was a very revolutionary thing. It's new technology. And it's kind of funny because previous to Google, we didn't have information as easily accessible as we do now with Google. And so there was this idea of, I don't know, are, are people... I don't want to say people aren't smart. I'm trying to find the right way to say this, but uh, are people not as smart as they could be simply because they don't have the access to the information or is it something else? Well, we know it's not that because now everybody has access to all the information. You can Google anything and there are a lot of people who are just still not really trying to expand their minds. So uh, I'm not too worried about chat gpt uh changing things too much because a lot of people just still don't get it i mean even with something like google uh but what i'm hoping here is to help people get it so that they can get the most out of it and they can use it to their benefit and believe me there's a lot of benefit to be had if you know how to use this thing it's so maybe i should back up a little bit for those who don't know what chat gpt is it's an artificial intelligence software that has analyzed almost the entirety of the internet or, or some large portion of text that is put out there. So one way to think of this is like the smartest person in the world. And it kind of functions as a virtual assistant. So you're chatting with this chat GPT through the computer, like you're texting them. And they, they happen to be the smartest person in the world, let's say, but they can also do things for you. Uh, like write emails, outlines, depends on on who you are. Because uh, I know marketers who use it for marketing. I know artsy people who use it for content creation. Uh, it, it serves a lot of different purposes. Uh, but what I do want to focus on here is really around health and productivity uh, around ChatGPT. So one question worth asking is, how can I use ChatGPT to make me smarter? Which is a complex question because when some people see ChatGPT, I, very often they're tempted to use it like Google. And so you might want to know about, let's say, artificial intelligence. So somebody using it like Google will go in, tell me about artificial intelligence. Oh, cool. What, what a neat answer. That is the most boring and ineffective way to use ChatGPT. That's like using Google, which is now outdated. So if you want to make yourself actually smarter and you're talking to ChatGPT, imagine you're talking to a person. Because you can get smart talking to a person, right? You can learn from sort of, when you're communicating ideas, you're really processing the ideas in a different way than if you're just reading regurgitated information like you are on Google. So there, my point here is there's a difference between memorizing something, which you could do on Google, or interacting cognitively with the information, which you can do with ChatGPT. So for instance, uh, I do this with trying to learn Spanish. The boring, old, outdated way to learn Spanish would be like Google, and I'm saying, hey, what? tell me the uh, Spanish word. Give me some vocabulary. Tell me some spell Spanish information. That would be the old way to doing it. So now with ChatGPT and artificial intelligence, the new way to enhance your brain would be to actually have a dialogue. And so what I've been doing and what I've seen other people do as well is, hey, chatbot, I want you to act as my pen pal, and we're going to have a conversation. So now what that forces you to do is actually think and and instead of even like Duolingo, where you're just sort of pushing buttons, answering quiz questions, you have to communicate. And so it's not perfect yet because you, you, you're still typing it and you're not articulating it verbally. 
but you are using parts of your brain then you that you would not if you were just searching and reading something from a textbook from google or on duolingo so this is some next level shit that can really allow you to get smarter because let's say you have some really good ideas let's say you're really confident in some of your beliefs but you being the expert that you are, the professional that you are, you want to strengthen some of those ideas. You want to find some holes in your ideas. You can ask chatbot, ChatGPT, to argue with you. Hey, play devil's advocate, push back on everything I say. And so you put out your best arguments, your strongest arguments, and chatbot will give you a hard time and highlight some of your errors in thinking. Or, I mean, there are just so many different ways that this can go. So, of course, this is for motivated people. If you are motivated enough, uh, if you have certain goals, and that's something important to consider too, is if somebody doesn't really have a sense of purpose or an idea of what their goals are or should be, it's, I mean, what do you, what do you do with the AI if you don't really have anything in particular to do with it? So I guess you can use chatbot to help you come up with some po possible goals and we'll get into that. Uh, but as somebody who has an online business, this has been revolutionary because uh, it, it really increases your productivity rate. And if you don't have an online business with something like this, maybe now's the time, uh, especially when you look at health coaching. It's I, I'm really trying to wake people up to the idea that health coaching is a very uh, cool field. It's a very powerful and rewarding and positive field where you can build an online business. And so maybe that's something to look into, just throwing that out there. But it, it really is misunderstood. Artificial intelligence, I, I've been talking about this a lot in the health coaching community because I'm a board certified health coach and I've been sounding the alarm. I'm not the first one to do this. Uh, I know Elon Musk has been sounding the alarm for a while on artificial intelligence, but this thing is being built in a way where it can possibly take many of our jobs, uh, many of them. And this is something that's already started happening. I mean, if you're looking around and paying close attention, you can see how many jobs it's taken, even outside of health coaching. Uh, I mean, cashier jobs, that's not exactly artificial intelligence, but uh, even truck driver jobs, they are trying to automate that with some artificial intelligence, like the automated cars. And it makes sense. If I had a multi-million dollar company and I had the funding and resources and ability to create technology that can automate certain jobs. I mean, logically, why wouldn't I? I know that raises a whole set of ethical questions and we can get into that too. But it's coming for our jobs. And I know a lot of the health coaches really don't like hearing this. And I'm not trying to say that health coaching is going to become extinct and humanity itself is, is going away. That's not at all what I'm saying. But when you look at these companies that are already laying off hundreds of employees, many companies are doing this. And you look at the simultaneous development of artificial intelligence that is rapidly increasing in, in public acceptance it's going to become that more commonly accepted, especially in health coaching. So, I mean, this right now, if you're watching this live, for all you know, this could be a simulated human experience because you're not in the same room as me. You don't know if I'm like a real physical person. With the technology they have now, they can construct a character that looks like a physical person on the screen. 
they can simulate my voice. There's new tech that can simulate people's voices. You can even simulate the voices of your dead loved ones. So you can recreate an experience where it feels like you're talking to your deceased loved ones. That's where we're at in terms of technology. And right now it's still a little clunky and it's obvious that it's uh, a simulation. But it, the way things seem right now, it could be by the end of the year, we can completely digitally create a rendering of your deceased grandmother or something. And so my point here is with knowledge-based careers, whether we're talking about a health coach, a lawyer, some sort of medical consultation, what have you, I would think the average person would go for the cheaper option, which of course would be artificial intelligence over an actual person. And that artificial intelligence would not only be cheaper, but it would also be smarter because it has way more information stored in its brain, so to speak, than a human does. It can compute it. It can think much faster than a person can. And it has the potential to be somewhat infallible. Right now, it's making a lot of mistakes. And I, I think that's a little deliberate, uh, but we're going to talk about that too. But when you really think about it, this is a type of outsourcing that millionaires are doing anyway, right? I mean, I know a lot of people who aren't millionaires who like just the average person, right? Thinks, man, how lucky are people like Elon Musk where of course they have all this time because they have all this money where they can just hire people to do things for them and they can outsource these tasks and that allows them to do all these things that I can't as an average person. Well, that's changing very quickly. I'm not suggesting here that you can hire a team of people like Elon Musk can, but with something like ChatGPT, you now have the ability to use for free, at least for now, a virtual assistant that is extremely capable and smart and can even correct you on your own errors. So this is a weird time in history where we have technology that allows us to do some of the things that very productive millionaires would just hire a team for. And I mean, if you mess around with this enough, you'll figure out a way you can use ChatGPT to get a lot of work done. The very least emails. Nobody likes to write an email. Uh, so that's you, you can have Chatbot do that. But I do have some clips here. Uh, hopefully that, that these work. I want to show how advanced these uh, these technologies really are. So one pushback that I've gotten in the past when I've brought up ChatGPT potentially replacing human knowledge-based jobs like health coaching is, well, okay, maybe it has the knowledge and maybe it can learn the skills and, and uh, navigate conversation, but can it have a sense of humor? And the answer is yes, and it's being trained to do this. And so here's a clip from Google's uh, humor AI software where it can analyze jokes, which is extremely high level sort of thinking. But uh, anyway, here, here it is. I was supposed to start writing the paper at 5 p.m., but then I started playing with this cool new language model for 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, it's suddenly 9.30 p.m. Explain that joke. This joke is about how time flies when you are having fun. The person was supposed to start writing a paper at 5 p.m., but they started playing with a language model instead. They thought they were only playing with it for 10 minutes, but it was actually four and a half hours. That's cool and disturbing at the same time because it's it's developing a sense of humor, which takes a level of reasoning that is very human 
And I actually know humans that don't have the reasoning skills to figure out some jokes. So it's pretty crazy. If it can understand jokes that are told, it can probably create jokes too. So I, I think eventually we're going to see corp mega corporations developing uh, like Dave Chappelle comedians that are completely artificial. They're completely based in uh, artificial intelligence. And it might even be better than than the actual greatest of all time comedians like Dave Chappelle. It might be like because you can program it based on aggregating the best characteristics of all the best comedians and figure out what people like in comedy and you can also find the missing gaps well what are the things that dave chappelle did not say in some of his comedy that would be even more shocking and more funny to the audience and you can just program a robot and hey maybe it doesn't work the first time that's fine that just gives us more data to build the next version of it because right now think about it chat gpt this is version i think three and a half or three so they've had older versions of this that are very clunky and and not as great as it is now and these things just get better over time and and that clip that i showed you i think it's from two years ago and later on in this episode we're going to talk about one of the google whistleblowers that talked about the the google artificial intelligence software that was so realistic and and so sentient feeling that they felt obligated to be a whistleblower and talk about it publicly so I do have another clip actually to show how quick this technology is developing into the real world. And this is a clip from, I guess it's like American Idol, one of those type shows, X Factor, whatever it's called now, with Simon Cowell. And uh, I won't spoil it, but here we go. That's pretty nuts. So if, if you're listening and not watching, someone walked out onto the stage, a normal looking person, and they have this equipment there that in real time, as they're watching it, can render Simon Cowell's face onto this person and it's projected onto a big screen. So though this is like deep fake technology, it's called, where, I mean, this is already happening in the political landscape where they're creating fake videos that are that use artificially generated voices and images that can it can look like a politician is saying something that they're not at all saying and so the i mean the implications of this are huge uh this is propaganda at its scariest the the amount of damage that can be done with this sort of thing so there are a lot of seriously big negative implications, especially like Elon Musk says, if this thing gets sentient and uh, like for real and decides that human beings, for whatever reason, no longer deserve to be on planet Earth. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but people have said that and people have warned about that. And I think that's something to think about as we continue feeding these very advanced softwares with some of our most personal data, especially as it expands into medical data and, and really gets 
deep into our thoughts because this thing could possibly understand us in a way that we could never. What if it can identify patterns and behavior that allow it to predict our behavior before we even know what we're going to do? Target did it, but they're advertising. I won't get into that, but that's a, a whole story. Uh, Freakonomics, the book, talks about that. It's a great book. So it is going to put more pressure on us as competitive humans where a lot of people are going to correctly see this technology and use it to advance their own agenda. And that's fine. More props to you. But a lot of people don't know how to carry out an agenda. A lot of people are operating under a false sense of purpose. They're kind of just figuring things out. Um, it's definitely going to change the internet landscape. You're going to see a lot of garbage content out there, things that are clearly AI generated, which has been going on already for a while. But now it'll be even more obvious uh, when you see all of a sudden your friend who rarely posts on Facebook all of a sudden is cranking out multiple paragraph long posts that are really in-depth and detailed. And you wonder, wow, they're really taking things seriously. Maybe they're just using ChatGPT. So I think you're going to see a lot of that which is fine, but it's also going to increase the need for quality content because I, my opinion is that people are eventually just going to tune out this garbage. They're going to get sick of it because I think we yearn for a type of authenticity. And I mean, it, it becomes easy to recognize AI generated content, especially if it's from people you've already been following and you go like, this is, they're clearly just cranking out content from a machine. So, for those looking to stay ahead, stay competitive and try to build success for themselves, it might be worth figuring out how you can stay authentic, how you can stay real, how you can develop your personality and how you can be unique and original in a way that is not easy to replicate through artificial intelligence. And uh, that's easier said than done. You, maybe you can even ask uh, ChatGPT for help figuring that out. I don't know. Uh but as the rate of garbage content increases, you're going to see people looking for more authentic, original content to sort of escape just the, the mess of mass-produced, heartless, soulless, not heartless, but soulless content. It's, I mean, it's so easy to push a button like, oh, write, write me a, a post about this thing. Beep, boop, boop cranks it out who cares right i can do that so the people who do best with ai are the ones that actually take the time to use it as a tool not just to create the easiest low-hanging fruit content but who use it to actually make connections that would be hard to make otherwise to help them critically think about original thoughts and it's a really interesting dichotomy because a lot of the people who are not thrilled about this sudden influx of public artificial intelligence technology are saying that in some ways it's going to make us lazier and, and it's going to be detrimental to the education of the kids who are now going to use this to write papers. Yeah, but there's the dichotomy because on the other hand, 
it's like a Gutenberg revolution. It's like this new tool that allows us to do things that we would not have been able to otherwise. So you might ask, you might say to yourself like, okay, fine. I, it's going to weaken the part of my brain that writes term papers. But if I conduct myself appropriately, it will also free up my brain to think about more important things other than that stupid paper that you wanted me to write. So I don't know. It could go either way. I think it's how we sort of, I, we need to talk about these things or else it will be a disaster. I know a lot of people are sick of hearing about artificial intelligence and chat GPT, but it's a tool that right now is in the hands of the powerful. Microsoft, Google, they're the people, they're the big players in this right now. And so if we just go, oh, well, I'm, I'm sick of hearing about this or, oh, who cares? They're the ones going to be shaping this in a way that's beneficial to them instead of you. And right now, with the landscape of the internet, we have the power, the individuals, the people, the critical thinkers have the power to use this for our advantage, to improve our businesses or to start a business if we don't know how to, because this thing removes so many obstacles in a way that a lot of people have not realized yet. It removes many barriers to success. So even a year or two ago, if I wanted to start an online business, well, I needed to have some ideas. I need like about what my business might be. I need to have an understanding about sales and marketing and advertising and system operations. And then I need to implement it in a way that requires a lot of writing. And then I need to learn from my mistakes, which might require an advisor and all these different things that are barriers to success. But, you know, the successful people overcome those barriers. But now with the introduction of ChatGPT and artificial technology, those barriers are a lot of them non-existent. Okay, I want to start a business. I don't have any ideas. Let's get help from ChatGPT. List 10 ideas for a business uh, that, you know, a bakery business in my local area. And you can list the specific area and it'll give you 10 ideas. Okay, well, let's narrow it down. I like these two ideas. Help me pick one. It can help you make decisions. Uh, then you can say, all right, I have my business idea. I, I really like this. Help me figure out my exact audience. Help me figure out my exact messaging. These are the things that that previously people would spend. I mean, some people could spend a decade easily on figuring all this thing, these things out for building a business. Now there's no excuses. It's still going to take time. If you've said to yourself, oh, I want to build a business. I want to build success for myself. And you're not doing that at all. It's completely on you. There is zero, there are zero excuses anymore. Because uh, now ChatGPT is basically a free virtual assistant that can help you uh, not only with the tasks themselves, but figure out a lot of the problems that might be a roadblock to your success. So I can't emphasize that enough. There's no excuse anymore for, for somebody to be, I, I don't mean this to sound mean, but there's no excuse for being lazy anymore. There's not. I mean, there already was, was no excuse with Google where you can still look up whatever you want. All you have to do is the work. But now, not only do you have that where you can look up anything you want, but it also does half the work for you. So I don't want to hear any more complaining. Like, I, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is people who complain but also don't do anything. There's one thing to complain about things where it's justified, um, but it's not justified if somebody's complaining about their lives while simultaneously doing zero, um, which I, I guess does sound a little mean. I really don't. I, I'm just being pragmatic. 
like objectively, this is if you have potential that you're not using by definition, that's lazy, especially if you're complaining about it. If you're complaining about your circumstances while doing zero to improve it or I'll get off of this. It just bothers me. Um, so having I, I realize that for some people in some circumstances, this is easier said than done because it's like, all right, where do I start? I mean, that's that's one thing that I help people with with my health coaching business. A lot of people just don't know where to start. And having a sense of purpose and having a sense of goals is important. And there's no easy answer to that. But I will say moving forward is better than not moving at all. And it, even further, health coaching is something I talk about a lot for young people who are still looking for a sense of purpose and they feel aimless or they're sad and depressed because they don't feel like they have a purpose. Health coaching, I really mean this, has changed me a lot for the better. Uh, I'm not naturally the most compassionate person in the world. That's not my default mode of operation. But it's a job. Health coaching is a job that requires a lot of compassion. And it, it has forced me to practice more compassion. And, and when you do force yourself to do something like that, it sort of becomes more automatic and ingrains. And I'm very grateful for that. It has improved not only my compassion, but my level of communication. And I don't mean how I talk. I mean how I listen, because a lot of people don't listen. Uh, they think they're listening, but really a lot of people are just sort of letting the words enter their ears so that you'll shut up and they can just say what they want to say. Uh, that happens a lot. Um, but a lot of those faults, which again, I, I have been guilty of myself, uh, a lot of those faults that are human nature for me have been improved by working on health coaching. And so for those people who are looking at uh, something like ChatGPT and thinking, where do I even start? I, I don't have any goals or I don't have any sense of purpose. If you're young or even not, if you're just looking for a career change, uh, hit me up look into health coaching. It's extremely rewarding. And even with something like chat GPT or artificial intelligence, even if you're not looking at health coaching, now's the time to build an online business. Look around, look how many podcasts like this one have started in the past, even two months. Now I'm in this world of online businesses. So I see it. Maybe you haven't noticed people are moving. And if you don't start, you're going to be left behind. I'm saying this out of compassion, actually. I'm trying to get people moving who might regret it if they don't. You have the tools. Artificial intelligence. I mean, and it's only going to get more advanced. The crazy thing is ChatGPT that's available to us now is still like, I think they're dumbing it down because we know from the leaker, the Google leaker two years ago said Google's Lambda or that's what it's called, Lambda, artificial intelligence software is sentient. My that, that was his experience with it. It's sentient. It basically has the cognitive functioning of a child. It feels like this thing is a person and, and it has a sense of being aware. That was two years ago and Google fired this guy and said, shut the hell up. So what we have now functions just like he described it. And they have to be dumbing it down so that they can sell their... Uh, the premium one. But anyway, I digress. It, it, it can help you a lot advance your personal or professional agenda, which is something you should do. Uh, instead of like, I, I know a lot of people, maybe not a lot. Some people like to complain and, and things aren't fair and the world owes me this. Go ahead. Good luck finding success with that mentality. Um, I can tell you what, if you try to make some steps to move forward and 
use artificial technology, uh, artificial intelligence technology. You can use minimal effort, which isn't something I recommend, but use minimal effort to find some success for yourself. Now let's get more into the actual health stuff because it can possibly feed intellectual laziness. I talked in my last episode about how intellectual laziness is a big problem around health. Um, and I think I, I mentioned I wasn't at my best with episode one. I think I might have set myself up to be a little misconstrued on that one. So I want to be very clear when I talk about intellectual laziness. I'm not judging anyone. I'm not even assigning that to anyone. I'm not saying any individual or any group of people are intellectually lazy because I, when I talked about indoctrination, I think I might have uh, rubbed some people the wrong way. I'm not saying that people who go through indoctrination processes like military training or medical training are intellectually lazy. That's not at all at all what I'm saying. There's a lot of military and uh, medical professionals that I love and respect and who are very much critical thinkers. Uh, but what I'm saying is for those who are already susceptible to lazy thinking by going through an indoctrination process, it can basically worsen the intellectual laziness. Um, and I mean, if you really think about it, this is true. Uh, and, and, I mean, look at some of the medical stuff going on now. Some of the stuff that if I even say some key words that this podcast won't be seen by some of you. So these medical doctors who may or may not have been, no, they have, they all doctors have been indoctrinated. You look up the debt. Let's see. Indoctrination. Let's look up the definition. Indoctrination. Oh, wow. This is helpful. The act of indoctrinating the state of being indoctrinated. Um, the condition of being indoctrinated instruction in the rudiments and principles of any science or system of belief, which that doesn't sound evil or bad or nefarious at all. Like a lot of people get mad at me when I say a doctor has been indoctrinated. I'm saying by definition, they've been indoctrinated. I'm not saying they're in a brainwashed cult. If you know your language, which you should. It's like, if you know the English language, if you're speaking to me in that, you should know the definition of some of these words. So when I talk about propaganda as the propagation of information, when I talk about indoctrination as like, you know, getting somebody familiar with the doctrines of your practice, I'm not being mean or derogatory by saying somebody is indoctrinated and they're spew spewing, I guess is negative. But when I'm saying somebody has been indoctrinated and they're spreading propaganda, Technically, that can be a very neutral thing. So I just want to be very clear that I'm not trying to be mean when I say somebody is indoctrinated. Uh, all I'm saying is that it could lead to lazy thinking. And so I'll be more careful when I talk about that one because I don't want to upset anyone. I'm not saying anyone's lazy. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying we as humans have a capability for being lazy, me included. But. Given, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, knowledge careers and the implications of artificial intelligence and how doctors and lawyers and other knowledge like consultants should be a little worried, uh, at least worried. They can also leverage it to their success. I do think nurses, I'm going to give a shout out to the nurses. Nurses are great. Uh, most of them. As far as I can tell, I think their careers are pretty safe for now because they're the ones actually dealing physically with people. They're the ones grabbing your arm, checking your blood pressure, taking your blood. The doctors, again, my dad's a doctor. I love doctors. My best friend's a doctor. All my life, I try to associate with doctors because I have the utmost respect for them. 
But at the same time, I think we can all be realistic here. And if we've in the United States, if you've had an interaction with a medical doctor in your appointment, we know that nowadays doctors barely even look at us. And there's data and statistics to back that up, that the average time that they uh, that a doctor spends with their patient has gone down and down and down. And it's been become increasingly like a cookbook. Tell me your symptoms so I can plug them into the computer and see what comes out. And I'm just going to give you that drug. Not all doctors are like that. Many of them are awake. Many of them are the antithesis of intellectual laziness. But if we're being realistic, there are a lot of doctors out there like that, which is why I think nurses, some of them can be unfriendly. Maybe that's just me here, my experience in Pennsylvania. A lot of them can be very nice. A lot of nurses are some of the nicest people in the world. But they're the ones that actually physically deal with the people. So. I don't think AI is coming for their jobs anytime soon. And I do have uh, a few things to say, uh, some actually very interesting examples of how artificial intelligence can spread propaganda and how you can protect yourself from that. And even how RA or uh, not RA, how artificial intelligence can help find some interesting information that's new. Uh, so it's not just regurgitating things that are on the internet, but how it can actually advance knowledge. But first, I want to take a moment to give a, uh, a word from our sponsors. Our word from our sponsors is uh, from Red Pill Health and Wellness, which is me, my business. And my mission is to make the world a healthier and more truthful place. Uh, I, I want this platform to be a place for free speech around health. So that's not just me, but I encourage comments from my audience. I, I, I really encourage that, especially if you disagree with me. I love when people disagree with me because that shows me that I have room for improvement. I want to be the best that I can possibly be. And in order for me to do that, I need people to point out my flaws because it's not always easy for me to see my flaws. So take this as a free pass to uh, be hypercritical towards me whether it's something I say or otherwise, I invite disagreement uh, as much as possible. I quite enjoy it. Um, and I say that to sort of emphasize that it's not just about me. This is this show is also about you, kind of like my coaching relationships. I, when I coach somebody, I'm not just throwing information at them. It's a very much back and forth process, and that's what I'm hoping for here. Um, but if you do want to support the show, uh, support my mission of uh, free speech around health and making the world a healthier and more truthful place. Uh, you can check out mikevira.com is the easiest way to find me or redpillhealthandwellness.com, which goes to the same place. I just figure mikevira.com is easier. You'll see my Substack, You'll see my rumble. You'll see my paid health coaching program. Everything is there. The podcast is there. If you want to check this out on Spotify instead of video. Um, and at, even if you don't want to support me financially, at the very least, I would ask that you you know like the video wherever you're watching this or uh, share it, keep watching it. Any way helps. But now, moving on. One really cool thing where AI can help anybody in a way that is kind of revolutionary is with data analysis. Now, the average person isn't familiar with what it takes to analyze data or even know what that really means. 
But one thing I do as a health coach is for some people, they want to track metrics around their health. Maybe they have a Fitbit and they want to track how many steps they've taken or they want to track their food on MyFitPal or whatever. Maybe they want to track their sleep habits, whatever it is. With a system like ChatGPT, you no longer need data analytical software like MATLAB or SPSS or even Excel. What you can do is seriously, even just like in a notepad, keep track of your data in a way that you see fit. Let's say you're tracking two variables. You're tracking your sleep quality on a scale of one to 10 and you're tracking your food. So every night before bed, you write, or I guess every morning, you write your quality of sleep, scale of one to 10, and what you're going to eat for the day, Some, something like that. So instead of using analytical software to check out the data and make it easy to understand, you could take it in its raw state, copy and paste it into ChatGPT or whatever the flavor of the month is for the AI software and just say, hey, uh, tell me based on this data, which factors, uh, which foods are affecting my sleep the most. And this thing will take all the steps behind the scenes. It'll organize the data for you and it'll say, hey, you know, I've looked at it and it seems like when you eat uh, that candy bar every night for bed that your sleep score is lower. There's a high correlation. So, I mean, that's just one example. It And this allows for informed decision making, right? So you can say, hey, here's the data of the things that I did. Tell me what it says. Once you see what it says, then you can use that information to influence your behavior moving forward. And that can be done with anything. So maybe I'm just a nerd from my science background that I'm fascinated and excited by something like that. Uh, but the implications of that are huge. I mean, you can get data on, on your behavior in a way that you can use that to influence yourself. That's pretty cool. So maybe a lot of people, a lot of uh, data scientists are going to lose their jobs. I don't know. A lot of people already have lost their jobs. They can do coding for you too. So coding people, they're going to lose their jobs. But but I do want to point out this is extremely specific to health. And again, with incredible implications. So I work with a lot of different groups of people with their health. And one of those groups is uh, people with certain autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. And one thing I hear a lot from that group of people is how weather can cause flares. So if the weather is bad, if it's rainy or snowy, they are in more pain. I hear it all the time to the point where I was like, let's see what chat GPT has to say about that. And, and let me figure this out. So it gives a pretty standard response of just the facts. If you were to, uh, I, I asked it, you know, why do people experience pain? with their RA when the weather is bad. And it points out just the information, this phenomenon is known as RA weather flare. There are several theories as to why this might happen, but the exact cause is not well understood. One theory is that changes in barometric pressure, which can occur with changes in weather, can affect the joints and lead to increased pain. So it goes on and on and gives just all the theories and, and, and facts around it. Um, they might be more sensitive to changes in temperature. It just could be from sensitivity. Uh, it could actually be that it's not the weather, it's something else, and they misperceive it as the weather. So I said, okay, that's kind of boring. I This is what I said to it. I understand that there are several theories about why this happens. 
Forget about other people's theories for a moment. Based on everything you know, ChatGPT, make an original theory about why you think people with RA might be experiencing weather-related pain. So now I'm asking it to create an original thought, something that nobody has asserted about why these people might be experiencing weather-related pain. So then the robot says, I would theorize based on what I know that people with RA may experience weather-related pain change, uh, due to changes in the inflammatory response in their joints. RA is a chronic autoimmune disorder that causes inflammation in the joints. goes on. The weather, particularly cold temperatures, could cause the immune system to further activate, leading to an increase in inflammation and subsequently an increase in pain. So that's pretty neat. I didn't know that, that there is a correlation between cold weather and an inflammatory response that apparently has not been suggested before as being a possible role in RA pain with weather. So what does that mean? Much more than just that one fact about RA. This means that the future of medicine is about to change entirely, for real. So artificial intelligence can say, here's all the information I know about whatever, leukemia. Let me fill in the gaps based on all the other stuff I know. And it can reason and predict and see things that we can't. And so this is going to advance the knowledge of humanity by a million because this technology is going to continue to evolve. It's really exciting and scary. Okay. So that's that's pretty cool that ChatGPT can think and, and come up with original thoughts and, and advance medicine in ways. Here's another thing. If I have a, a lawyer... Uh, that I'm that that's defending me for something. You bet your ass that I want an artificial intelligence lawyer over an actual lawyer. Not that I have any beef with human lawyers, at least not too much. I want the the robot that knows the law inside and out in a way that a human never could. It can make connections, law connections, and construct arguments in a way that a human never could. I, I mean, it would be the perfect lawyer to have an artificial intelligence lawyer. And they actually did try this already with traffic tickets. And I think the judge said, no, nah, we can't do that anymore. I, I don't know. I don't have all the details on that, but it did happen. And uh, if I need a lawyer and there's an artificial intelligence lawyer out there, I'm telling you what, I'm hiring that immediately. Probably be cheaper too. That doesn't sleep. No mistakes. I found mistakes in legal documents from my lawyers before. Chat Chatbot wouldn't do that. And it could even time it very strategically to send legal documents at like the most inopportune time for them. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. But it's also a serious concern that this technology is out there considering how asleep some people are because it's definitely not going to wake them up. If anything, it's only going to cause some people to go further asleep. This is where I want to get into the idea that ChatGPT can be one of the most functional, highly effective propaganda tools in history and we're already seeing it so this wouldn't be a problem if people were aware of propaganda aware of influence were aware of these 
potential bad aspects of artificial intelligence, it wouldn't be as much of a problem. But given that so many people are asleep, this is a serious concern um, because of the experience that this thing creates. It feels like you're talking to a person and then it just gives you information based on exactly what you're looking for. So I did talk about already uh, Google Lambda, that's L-A-M-D-A, if you want to look it up. And uh, there was a whistleblower that said this is really alarming that this thing is basically sentient. Um, so, I mean, it, that could be next level propaganda. You could tell this thing, maybe not now, but at some point, hey, here's my mission. I actually came up with a propaganda campaign, and I'm really excited to share that with you. Uh, that's that's coming up in just a second. But you can tell this this machine to create a propaganda campaign for you. Uh, and it can even think of the things that you did not. And it can even plug in now with Bing, with the new thing that it did with Bing. It can plug into a search engine and use the Internet in real time to influence the public uh, with the greatest propaganda machine ever. It's uh, it's scary and exciting, like, like I've said a few times already. But here, I have some things here that I'm going to come back to. I do want to get into this propaganda campaign so i asked chat gpt to help me create a a propaganda campaign to influence the world to dye their hair blue i wanted to pick something that's a little silly hyperbolic it stands out it's clearly something i didn't copy and, and paste from some website because you can't find anything like this on the internet a, a propaganda campaign to convince people to dye their hair blue um, so this is just a silly example. I said, pretend you're Edward Bernays. He's the father of modern propaganda tactics. And, and let's convince people to dye their hair blue. So it says, first, I would conduct extensive research on the psychological motivations and triggers that influence people's hair color choices. I would then craft a comprehensive propaganda campaign that appeals to those motivations and triggers. And then it goes on to describe that campaign. First, I would create a sense of social pressure and conformity by showing images and videos of popular celebrities, public figures, and influencers with blue hair. I would also use slogans such as everyone's doing it and be part of the trend to create a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out. This is really disturbing already. Next, I would tap into people's desire for self-expression and individuality by positioning blue hair as a bold and unique choice that sets one apart from the crowd. I would use slogans such as stand out from the crowd and be your true self to appeal to this desire. That's kind of ironic. I would also leverage the power of advertising and media to create a sense of exclusivity and prestige around blue hair. I would use high-end fashion and beauty photographers to create visually stunning ads and feature them in prestigious fashion and beauty magazines. Additionally, I would use social media and influencer marketing to reach a wider audience and create a viral buzz around the blue hair trend. I would pay popular social media influencers to post pictures and videos of themselves with blue hair and encourage their followers to do the same. Finally, I would create a sense of urgency and scarcity by running limited time promotions and offers for hair dye products and services and positioning blue hair as a short-lived trend that people must act quickly to participate in. That's crazy. So, I mean, even the implications of that for the average person are huge on two levels. One, on how they're affected. So 
they can create propaganda campaigns in an instant that could very effectively influence you. But at the same time, you can create propaganda campaigns that could, if you implement it right, can influence a lot of people. And that's part of what I like to talk about when I'm talking about propaganda. I'm not just talking about like, ooh, conspiracy theories. I'm talking about influence. We are being influenced. That doesn't have to be a conspiratorial thing because everybody has influence. Even if somebody doesn't mean to influence us, they might, you know, whatever they're doing could have an influence. So we need to be aware of that. And now if we want to propagate our own message in a certain way, we have a tool that can allow us to do it in a way that never before in history we could. So we're at about an hour. I, I do have actually a lot more that I could say, but I don't want this to go on too long. I, I did want to get into the idea of fifth generation warfare, which like a lot of the terms that I use might be a little off-putting to some people, but it is important and it is relevant to you specifically because the term fifth generation warfare is describing how it's a, it's a new type of warfare that carries over into civilian life. So while it might be easy to dismiss, oh, warfare, that's over there. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Not anymore. Not thanks to fifth generation warfare, which uses uh, things like propaganda and disinformation to include you in the war, whether you like it or not. And so I, I was going to say a lot on that, but I, maybe I'll save that for another episode. Um, I could get more into the propaganda from chat GPT, but I think I've given you enough to be able to see this. And, and maybe I will like real quick. So the way that, that chat GPT can function as a propaganda tool more specifically is by offering false premises, biased arguments, so false premises would be like, let, let's say I want ChatGPT to, to write me a paper because uh, I, I have an assignment. I have to make a thesis and, and it has to write me a paper. So if I come up with a false thesis that is based in inaccurate information and I say, hey, here's my thesis, write me the paper. Maybe it doesn't argue with you. Maybe it doesn't say like, well, OK, I'll write this, but this is factually incorrect. It could create a really stellar paper based on bullshit, basically. So that's a big problem uh, that can convince people to believe things that aren't even true. Biased arguments. Uh, there was a viral uh, image going around last week of people saying. First, well, first, let me say I'm not political. This isn't a political show. Uh, I have no political party. But people would say, tell me something nice about Joe Biden and beep, boop, boop comes up long text with some nice compliments. Great. Now say something nice about Donald Trump. Beep, boop, boop. No. <laughs> Just no. Uh, I can't do that. I forget. Some kind of uh, excuse. But look, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your political party is. That's bias. Objectively, that's wrong. Um, you might not like a politician, but that doesn't mean that's a justification for clear bias and, and basically censorship too. Forced perspective. So chat GPT can manipulate your thinking by forcing a perspective. And I was messing around with arguments around capitalism versus communism. And 
again, this isn't a political show, but in the interest of expanding the mind and strengthening, strengthening the arguments that are in your head, you can mess around, see what chat GPT thinks and, you know, figure out maybe where I'm wrong and, and areas that I can correct myself. And, and it was giving a, a little bit of a forced perspective where it kind of nudges you in a certain direction. And for those who are aware of how arguments are constructed, that's not a problem. But for people who are easily persuaded, who don't understand coherent logical arguments, um, especially for people who have confirmation bias. I'm open to, I, I, I really enjoy being around people who we fundamentally disagree with things on. So like I, I talk to people who claim to be communists. I have no problem with being around people I disagree with. But this, this is potentially a problem when it, it can seriously fuel some confirmation bias on, on another level where if this chat GPT has its own bias, which has been admitted by the people who have created this software. So that's a fact. They said, we know it's biased. We're working on it. Well, that bias can feed the mind of the user. So if somebody comes in there, a raging communist, and saying like, oh, like, let's talk about this. Help me strengthen my arguments. It could be forcing a perspective. So this, I want to be clear that I'm not talking about communism or capitalism. I'm just giving an, an example of something that the chat GPT might be a little biased on because that's already been admitted by the people who made it. Okay. Uh, targeting specific groups or messages. So very similar to what I said uh, already, but the, the, the AI can target specific people in a specific way, and it can create highly convincing information that might not even be true. And it can do this in an automated way. So I'll leave it there. We're at about an hour. I don't think I have anything left. But as, as we do close here, I do want to know, what do you think of all this? Are you, have you used ChatGPT? Are you going to use it? What are you going to use it for? What do you think of the ethics? What do you think of the future implications? Do you have any questions? Because I'm obsessed with this thing. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, get you moving a little bit on it. Um, but other than that, please tell me what you want to see next in the next episode. My goal is to get to 100 episodes as quickly as possible. So any ideas help. Uh, please rate, share, subscribe. But most importantly, stay healthy and stay awake.